Hey, Cheesemosas. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are the Cheeseman Queens. Queens. Really, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Trash. Zero out of zero. Would not recommend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheeseman Queens. If you do not speak Spanish, Cheeseman means gossip. The tea. We want it all, so you better send it our way. But we have some today. Oh, that ringed. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we do have some cheesemen today. Finally, it was a little dry uh, weeks previous, so I'm, I'm glad we have something. Don't lead it up too much. It's not a whole lot. That's, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not very interesting, but we have a quantity. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but seriously, if y'all have any cheesemen to send our way, you can DM us on our social media accounts. On Instagram, we are the Cheese Queens podcast. And on Twitter, the Cheese McQueens. And every Wednesday, Igby does live tweet the episode. So make sure you join her there. All right, Igby. What's the cheese What's the tea? Why do you have to say it like that? Because I want to. You sound like someone's tea. grandma. Like you just learned that I know. word. I, I was just going to say, I just learned it. <laughs> uh, so I know last week we talked about um, Katina's blog or blog uh, when it came up in the show because we totally forgot about it. Uh, yes. So we did a little digging and uh, it looks like right now it's just an IG page. Uh, it's First Date Boss. BOS is for Boston. Um, that's oh. the handle. And I, I did not get that. Really? It was, it was like first date. Bose? What is Bose? Bose? <laughs> but uh, got it now. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, as of right now, of course, like all of their social medias, it's, it's the page is open, but it's not active. There hasn't been a post since the, January. And then the post before that, I think it was maybe a year ago, like last summer. Oh, wow. So there is content up there, but again, it hasn't been updated recently. Um, I don't know if that's because of the show or not, or what contractually they're able to do or not do. Uh, But that's it. If you want to check it out, give her a follow, I guess. Throw a bone. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a YouTube channel. I did she too. didn't even come out on it very much. It's like all from her perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's it's all just food, porn, and that's about it. I mean, it's nice, but yeah, she's it's so definitely. Pretty, I thought she'd be on no. on her page. <laughs> no, it's not about her. It's about the places she's visiting. Yeah. You'll have to follow her personal Instagram if you want to see her. I guess. Once they open it back up to the public, or not? Who do you think? Who do you think will have the most followers of this season? Mm, As of now, I think probably her. Oh, Katina. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Cause I don't see. Well, the demographic is women, but all these guys suck, so I wouldn't want to follow any of them. Yeah. Or see like a lot of women following them to like trap, like get in their DMs. <laughs> and then women don't like Lindsay or a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like Lindsay mm-hmm. Noi to me seems boring 
and mm-hmm. I don't Jasmine know. Noi might have a cute. Boring too. <laughs> yeah, but they might have cute Instagrams. Like but aesthetically yeah, pleasing pages. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Katina is probably the one to follow. But who knows? Mark the shark could have the most followers out of everybody. Who knows? <laughs> I know. And who knows what will happen in the next few weeks because, you know, someone we love now might be complete trash at the end of the season. <laughs> Never fails. It doesn't. It's always like the first episode. Oh my God. So, so, so great. And then by the end, they're like a total trash person. Yes. Yes. Michaela. Yeah, shout out to her. She was on live earlier trying to electrocute herself, unplugging the washing machine or some shit. Oh my god. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I don't want to watch you die on live. It's like, really? This is the content? This is the content? Watch me unplug things. Apparently, I I guess her like <laughs> washing machine was leaking or something. And she was trying to do it herself with no knowledge of what she's doing. Mm-mm. it's like yeah maybe you should try turning off the water and turning off the power first <laughs> because those two things don't mix <laughs> just saying nah she's all right <laughs> i guess we'll see if she posts tomorrow what else you got anyway back to cheese man <laughs> it was posted on reddit that katie from season 10 is pregnant i know you didn't watch that far back but uh, yeah, she was not a fan favorite that particular season. Uh, she was paired up with a guy named... No, I was going to say, did she say yes on decision day? Did they stay married? No. Oh, okay. In fact, that's why she wasn't a fan favorite. Because during her season, she was like still talking. If I remember right, she was still talking to her ex. And he was like trying to convince her not to get married or stay married or something like that. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And the guy that she's married to now, she started dating him or talking to him before she even got divorced. What? Say it again? Exactly. <laughs> the guy that she's married to now uh-huh. that she's going to have the baby with? Yes. She started talking to him before she got divorced on the show or oh, from the guy on the but show. But this is not her ex that was telling her not to no. get married. This is a whole, totally different. No, day. this is a guy she met on. <laughs> yeah, she met on. Uh, I think she met him on Hinge or something. Oh man. Yeah, totally different guy. Okay. But now they are expecting their first child. Okay. Well, I guess they're happy. It's been a while. Uh yeah, it's been a few years. I think they got married early last year, and so now baby makes three. Oh, congrats! Hope they're happy. I mean that's all we can that's all we can do, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pregnancies, I know we talked last week about Amani and Woody, them releasing a video of their uh, birth announcements to their friends and families. Well, this week Amani has uh, uploaded a vlog to YouTube of her first few months being pregnant. It's it's a cute little video. I think it's maybe about 15-20 minutes and she's just kind of going through what she's experiencing you know going through her first pregnancy she said it at first she couldn't believe it when she found out so this was definitely a surprise baby they were not trying well they weren't <laughs> not not trying but 
because she even in the video she's like i don't know how this happened and he's looking at her like <laughs> you know how this happened you know exactly how this happened <laughs> right and she was saying that at first she thought she had food poisoning but Woody knew the whole time he told her she was pregnant and she just didn't <laughs> believe it. She said she had to take like two or three tests for it to really like sink in <laughs> that this yeah. is happening. And like she like the first initial video, like when they first found out, she's just like, I'm not ready. Are we ready to be parents? I don't think I'm ready. Are we ready to do? This? She's like super concerned, <laughs> which I'm sure it has to be nerve wracking. You're never ready. <laughs> That's what he said. He's super duper hype. So it's cute to see that he's excited about her pregnancy, Aww. which I'm not surprised because he's all into her. So I'm sure he was just waiting for the day. Yeah. And we got the okay. Cute. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that was interesting, she was saying that she was having a lot of trouble um, keeping down liquid, like at all, period. Mm-hmm. Which I've like, heard of that before. Sucks. Like she was saying, she had a clip where she was in the line at Raisin Cane's for 20 minutes, 20 minutes away from home just to get their ice because that was like the only thing she could keep down. (laughs) That sucks. Yeah. I was like, at first she thought it was just water that she couldn't keep down because I guess she was Mm -hmm. drinking too fast, but then it turned into everything. So it was just like, so then the doctor's like, yeah, ice chips for you. The only thing I had an aversion to, and now I still have aversion to it is um anything tomato based so ketchup pasta sauce i can eat it but after i'm done eating it i cannot smell it i don't want to smell it i don't want to smell it at all like i get really nauseous so and now that happens to me still after pregnancy which is weird like i can't clean the pot where the pasta sauce was yeah it's like it smells and i get sick even the people next to me, like if my husband's sitting next to me and he's done eating, I'm done eating, or I'm like, can you move your plate away? It's making me sick. <laughs> so it's like me and maple. You don't like maple? I hate the smell of maple. It makes yeah, it makes me nauseous. But I get her with this liquid thing. I'm like that. Like if I chug water too fast, I'll throw up. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. it just happened not too long ago it was grapefruit (laughs) juice i hadn't had juice in like a really long time and i was like man this juice is good started taking (laughs) it to the head and then i threw up (laughs) and you won't have juice for a while nope (laughs) learn my lesson it's funny i've also done that with fries Mm. fries have never done me wrong they do every time because they're so good and i start eating too many and then i get sick Literally one time I didn't even make it out of the McDonald's parking lot. Literally from the window to drive zero, out, I had to pull chill. Zero I had to pull chill. over and yeah, uneat those fries. <laughs> and then Damn. go on a road trip. Damn. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to hear about Amani's adventures so far in pregnancy, you can go check out their YouTube page. She has, so it's a vlog. She doesn't have a blog. Right. Vlog V. Okay. Gotcha. Trying to get that YouTube money. Yup. Get it, get it, get it. I ain't mad. They got another mouth to feed. I watched it. I watched the ads. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all I got. Okay. Um, I got some stuff that has popped up on Reddit. Give it to me. Mark. 
mayor, I guess, is the only person who has enemies who keep posting. I don't know. His stuff keeps getting posted on, on Reddit and stuff. But nobody else. Rose like, really? There's no Lindsay Cheeseman. There's no Jasmina Cheeseman. Nothing. Maybe their anyway. friends are too cool to be on Reddit. They don't I guess. They're not nerds. Well, Mark, his high school yearbook picture has popped up. He's a good-looking kid. Uh, it says that he was in baseball, ninth through 12th grade, football, 12th grade. And uh, his quote is, remember, character is what you are and reputation is what others think of you. Thanks, mom and dad, for believing in me all my life. Love you both. NYPD and NYFD, thank you. Fidalgo, the boys, the ladies, Italy. 2001. Thanks for all the memories. And his quote is, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Popeye. <laughs> if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I'm not going to say anything because I have no idea what's under my yearbook picture. I have no idea. I know exactly what's under mine. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Care to share? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's so... a song lyric though <laughs> yeah i have no idea um the only other thing that i found was and it was only sparked my interest because on after party you know we'll talk about it later but Lindsay had mentioned that mark the shark had listed that he's fluent in italian and he's not but he listed it on his LinkedIn page that he was fluent in Italian. So me being a chismosa went and looked up his LinkedIn page. So turns out, you know how he had all those watches on honeymoon, like all those watches, like bands. Do you remember that? People were like commenting on it. On Not really, but now that you're thinking about it, I can see like he has a bunch of different colors. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently in December 2011, he founded this company called SwitchUps, and they're interchangeable watches made from 100% eco-friendly silicone, and the timepiece is Japanese quartz. His so, wife should like that, eco-friendly. Right? Um, but yeah, that's why he has so many bands, because he's the founder of this company. That Never heard of it. Well, there you go. And then, you know how he's always wearing those shirts mm -hmm. from his gym? Mm -hmm. Well, the gym's not even listed on his LinkedIn page. It says he's working, uh, he's like, um, it says management staff, Chick-fil-A franchisee, full-time, January 2022, present to present. So... Did he buy it? He took his show money and instead of getting a subway like Chris, he got a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> now, the language is, there's nothing underneath, right? There's no description, nothing, right? Yeah. But it says management staff. That's like the, the position. Mm -hmm. And then underneath it says Chick-fil-A franchise. So is he working for the franchise or did he get the franchise? I don't know. I don't know either. 
But... Only other interesting thing was that he's still a beach body coach. It says to present, unless he didn't turn that off or change it. And before that, he was a general manager for a cycle bar, but only for three months, which I thought was really interesting because cycle bar is like, it's really hard. <laughs> Cycling classes are really hard. I can't see Mark the Shark on a, on a you know, one of those stationary bikes. Just looks too bulky. Yeah. Interesting. Indeed. Chris, and this was like a rabbit hole because once you looked up Mark, all the, you know, cast came up. So Chris was the next one on the list. And of course it says he's a realtor, but it also says he's the New England Flying Disc Association president for the last four years. But then it says that he owns his own uh, disc golf company it's called hawks nest disc golf so i guess he makes the discs i don't know you know i don't know i have no idea and he's a sponsored professional athlete by who his own company (laughs) prodigy disc the fuck is that (laughs) another disc company it's not nike i don't care He was the director of sales and marketing for Flying Dreams Brewing Company, but only for nine months. And before that, he worked at Kaplan for seven years. The testing, uh, test prep, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And then his ex-wife popped up. Ex-wife? Yeah, his ex-wife. Oh, you know, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> like who? I forgot. Well, they were only married she's... for two days. <laughs> We know that, you know, she's in social media marketing, right? Well, her very first social media job was at Advanced Facial Aesthetics. That's how she changed that face. Mm, She's getting them discount fillers. Yup. Dr. Jeff Spiegel (laughs) hooked her up for a year and a half. (laughs) I see. Yeah. That was the only interesting thing about hers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, noise, you know, <laughs> noise, the job history is as boring as she is. Just it's plain just like, and steady. Yeah, pretty much. She's consistent. a recruiter. Yeah, she's very consistent. Same with Steve. Same with Lindsay. They're, you know, just regular professionals. I guess Steve got laid off from uh, Experian, which was interesting. Yeah. But that's about it. Which is interesting because they're hiring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a, a kind of different kind of tea thought I'd throw at y'all. Well, there we go. We got a little insight. <laughs> In case you want to hire one of these people. <laughs> not at all. I would not hire any of them because they lack judgment. <laughs> They lack the good judgment to stay off the show. Well, it's but. fine. They don't need a job because now they're famous. Sure. <laughs> sure they are. All right. Let's see how awesome these famous people are and jump into the episode. Igby, do you have a title? Yes. Season 14, episode 9. Is love on the table? Is it? Uh, no. 
Yeah, that's some. what Elijah said. <laughs> Love is off the table. I hate that guy. Let's start with them. Let's start with them so we can just get it over with and be so mad. The rage is building. So, Katina and Lajuan. <laughs> I don't take deep breath because I'm already so mad. <laughs> so, they start off with a uh, diary cam, and Katina is at the supermarket sweating bullets because she's not used to buying food for her husband and herself. She's just used to going out to eat. But she hopes her husband doesn't get after her for not buying enough stuff. Super normal, right? No, red flag, Katina. Come on, girl. Gosh. Like, and I, he wouldn't even be that thoughtful. I'm like, did y'all try to plan a list? Did you even try to help her at all? <laughs> like, you know, because that's going to be the next thing. Okay, she does go grocery shopping. Well, he already said when she came back, she didn't have what he wanted. Did you tell yeah. her what you wanted? <laughs> or she's just supposed to read your mind? Yes. Uh, yes. She's supposed to be, a, a as a wife... Yeah, that's the standard to be a mind reader. Duh. The next scene, we see her in the kitchen. Uh, Elajuan has just helped her cut up some plantains. And she was surprised by this because they had a fight last night. And at this point, they show some footage. What do you call it when you when the footage is up there? Is it CCTV? Mm-hmm. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so there's the CCTV footage from the previous night, and you can hear Lajuan say that Katina worries about things he doesn't care about, but she can't do the things that he asked her to do. And then they cut back to them in the kitchen, and Lajuan asks her what the definition of wife is to her, because they may have two different definitions. And Katina, is she seems really, um, what kind of insecure in the answer and like second guessing herself like yeah because that's why she's like I don't want to answer this question yeah like just very much uncomfortable yeah but she says that it's someone who is a partner to her who is a whole support system and then that's when she's like yeah I'm not answering this this is whatever she answers is going to be the wrong answer exactly (laughs) basically exactly and, and she continues, she goes, I already know you want, you know, me to cook more and you want me to step up to the plate with work duties. So he wants her to cook and clean. And he, she has a job, right? She works well, full time. <laughs> not right now. Well, I, I took it that she works from home. That's how I took it. I took it that she's on leave right now. Oh, Okay. Okay. Either way, he's a dick. But uh, Elijah continues. He's like, it's more than that. He tells her that it, it bothered him when it was the housewarming time, right? And everybody left, all their friends left, and it was time to clean up. And Katina wasn't really feeling cleaning up at that moment, right? She's like, can I just clean up half of the floor, and he said, no, we're going to clean the whole floor. And then she m- maybe made a comment or something like he called it a babble. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm guessing that's like a mutter under her breath or something like that. And he just sent her to bed and cleaned everything himself. So that leaves him with questions. He's saying, where's my other half? When your husband is stepping up and he wants to clean this together, you're going to let him fall. And she just went to bed and let him clean. 
in an ITM, Lajwan said, he came into this for a wife, not to help someone grow as an individual. And they come back to the scene and he's continuing, you know, to talk down to her. He tells her it's more than just food. She is his wife. I'm not your boyfriend. I'm not your friend. I have a ring on my finger. Understand what that means. Very intimidating. Yeah, I don't like that. I do not like that at all. Me neither. When Katina envisioned her marriage, she did expect that every man wants a wife to do certain things, but she wasn't expecting the fact that she wouldn't be meeting someone else's standards. She wasn't expecting that at all. They cut back to the kitchen and Lajuan says that when she doesn't put in any effort, that fucking bothers him. And that's where that scene ends. Okay, I know there's been a lot of speculation online. What was up with him in this scene? High as a kite, right? His eyes were so red. They were barely open and he like couldn't <laughs> even look at her. Like, I was like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> yeah. And then I found out, oh, it's legal in Maryland, in Massachusetts. Yes. Yes, that it's legal over there. So this is completely fine, I guess. But you would think he'd have more chill. He has right? zero. <laughs> exactly. Like if this is him on on one, like, what is he like in his right state of mind? Jesus. I have no idea. I'm just, he disgusts me. So the next thing we see them, um, every couple had a set of questions that the experts sent over. And they sent over a bottle of champagne as well. And so they start in on that. Katina asks Olajuwon what he thinks it takes for him to fall in love. He says devotion, straight commitment, loyalty. That's what it takes. Katina says for her, she would say someone who supports her, someone who is loyal, understanding, patient. She wants her husband to be her best friend. She wants him to be the person she dials for everything. Nobody else. In an ITM, Katina says that she sees potential of falling in love with Olajuwon, but they still need to focus on their emotional connection. She doesn't want to end up hurt. She doesn't want to be so vulnerable that she makes herself feel stupid internally. So Katina then tells Olajuwon that she actually is more guarded than how she comes off. And Olajuwon's like, yeah, I know, because you don't cry. I was like, what does that have to do? I don't know why he equates this with being a woman or... Um, Especially since he's a big old crybaby. Right? He cried through the whole ceremony, you know, grieving the loss of Isaac and whatnot. But he, he cries for everything. Even when he was like renewing his vows in the hotel bedroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess the fact that she doesn't cry turns him off, I think. Probably. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be like a, a feminine kind of thing. And because he was scared about that at first, remember? He was, he asked her if it was okay for him to be emotional because he's not weak or anything. He just cries sometimes. So he sees it as a weakness. Mm-hmm. So he wants her to be weak, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he wants to make her cry. Mm-hmm. He really does. I know. <laughs> Ugh. And, you know, and then poor Katina has to defend herself. She's like, I cry. And he challenges that. He's like, when? You didn't cry at the wedding. You didn't cry at the honeymoon. You leaned back. Your eyes were dry. When? When did you cry? She says she doesn't cry 
but she, oh, I'm sorry. She says she does cry, but she does so in private. She tells him that her ex-boyfriend used to be super, super verbally abusive and she cried all the time. And when she would cry, he would call her a weak bitch. So she told herself she would never put herself in that position again. And ever since then, she's just trained herself not to cry. So she's numb. Lajuan tells her not to let anyone dictate her future or how she reacts in situations. Which is interesting because he's trying to dictate her future and how she reacts in situations. He didn't mean him. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. He says, it's okay to cry. It's a human emotion. If you don't cry, you're not human. Everybody cries. I hate him so much. I know. And I was like, oh, I hate that she told him this. Like, you should be able to be vulnerable with your partner. But I'm like, he's going to use this against you. Now he knows you can be broken and he's going to try to break you. Yep. And he sure does. Later on in the ITM, Lajon says that hearing his wife say that she's trained herself not to cry is a lot. It says a lot. One, that she's strong and she's independent. But two, it tells him that she's very sheltered. And that could stop the expanding of their marriage. Yeah, exactly. On Twitter, that's that was the number one tweet of the night. I said that she just told you she has conditioned herself not to cry because she was verbally abused so bad. And your takeaway is that she's sheltered. What? Yeah. Did you hear any of the anything she just said? No, no. He didn't care. You know, a normal person would say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Do you want to talk about that more? You know, something along those lines or, you know, is there anything that I'm doing that triggers you? You know, anything like that, right? A normal response to someone being so vulnerable, but no. He's telling her, don't let people control you. And you're not human. (laughs) You're not a human robot. (laughs) Then they go to the next question. Katina asks, do you think you are beginning to fall in love? And he tells her to go first. And she says she sees the potential that he is someone that she can fall in love with, but she likes him. And he interrupts her and he tells her, it's okay, baby. You're in love. I heard it. I heard it. All cocky. She tells him that's not what she said, but she thinks there's potential. He said it was close. He thought that she was going to tell him that she loved him. And that was going to be like a whoa moment. And Katina's like, I'm trying not to scare you away. So... I don't know what's going through her head. <laughs> I really don't. I think she's probably just trying not to move the current too much. Just keep it even. Keep it even. Keep it easy. Just don't even you stir, think so? stir the pot. Just Well, for her to say, I'm trying not to scare you away. I mean, she's like really wants this to work. I know. And that's, I'm that's like, that why? <laughs> that's the question everyone has. I, I understand the not, uh, you know, moving the current, not uh, making waves and right. such. But for her to want it to work after being treated like this, it doesn't make any sense to me. But we said the same thing about Rachel. Like, why would this be okay for someone to explode at you? It's not. It's not okay. Unless, I mean, like, she's this is the history. This is the kind of guy she dates. Yeah, maybe so. That's what she's used to. Lajon says that he definitely likes her love is such a strong word he's not going to say that love is not on the table for him 
It's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm my own person. You're my own person. But he definitely likes her. And there's nothing wrong with that. You already said you love her, though. So Yeah. Remember in the hotel room? He said you loved her. Asshole. In ITM, Olajuwon says he doesn't say the word love easily, except on the third day of marriage to a stranger. He doesn't know his wife enough to say he loves her. Again, for a second time. For a second. (laughs) Back uh, at the questions, Olajuwon says that their connection has to grow. Standards have to be met. They have to apply what they hear from the other's Uh, other person that affects them and he can't get over that yet that has to be done for any type of love to grow she says that it would help if if she expressed herself more and if she was less guarded with him she said that she said also coming to him with meals and cleaning and everything else to show him that she's taking this wife role seriously you can't see us, but we're both shaking our head in disbelief. <laughs> like, tell this motherfucker to gut, get a maid and a cook. Like, right? no. Because <laughs> that's what he wants. In, in Not a wife. world. Yes. You know, and... He wants a domestic I, helper. <laughs> he does. I'm, And I don't mean to, like, talk about his mama or anything. But, like, are they together? The mother and the dad? I don't remember. No. They weren't, right? mm so, of course, he saw the mom doing everything because she had to do everything. Right. You know, she was a single mom. So, of course, she was cleaning and cooking and all that stuff. But I don't think he's ever seen a partnership. A marriage is a partnership. And I don't understand why that is so hard to wake up, you know, like, hello, what what century are you in? This is not how things work. She has a job like you have a job. <laughs> she can't be doing all this shit. And too, like, why are we listening to you? You've never been in a relationship, period. So what the hell do you yes, know? Yes, that like, too. That too. So all you this have to true. go off of is this fantasy thing because you've never had a partnership before. Yes. You was just hoeing around Boston. Oh my gosh. Keep going. (laughs) He says he has to see it to believe it. He's heard so many people and so many women say things to him and they don't even take a step forward to what they say. So he hopes she can take it seriously and, but he just has to see it to believe it. And that's where that scene ends. And then it gets worse. They're going to a lot. Okay. The couples were supposed to make dates for each other. Right? Mm-hmm. This was Olajuwon's date for Katina, but it was really Olajuwon's date for Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. Okay? Do we agree on this? Mm-hmm. So he has set up a kind of like cooking lesson for Katina where they are going to cook coconut shrimp, Thai basil rice, and salmon together. Not semen. But or salmon. Sal- salmon. Shalman. <laughs> Not semen or shalman. Salmon. My mom says it's salmon with an L. No. No L. There's no L. It's salmon. Yeah, on Twitter, I said, I would have been so pissed off if this was the date. Right? I'd have been so mad. Like, for real. 
you let me get all dressed up, yes. put my heels on, do my makeup, do my hair, to cook for you still? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He doesn't know his wife whatsoever because Katina likes a nice restaurant. She wants to be wine and dine. She wants to try a new, the newest thing, right? So why are you making her cook outside in a dress and heels? It makes no sense. And she does not like to cook. She's explicitly said she doesn't like cooking. (laughs) She can do it. She doesn't enjoy it. It's not a hobby for her. She doesn't Mm -mm. like doing it. Mm -mm. It would be another thing if that was something that she enjoyed. But no, you're specifically doing something she does not want to (laughs) do. And then adding another layer to it by making her be in an extremely uncomfortable (laughs) outfit and setting. I don't want to be all cute outside in the heat. Because they're sweating. <laughs> they sure were. She was patting it for sure. <laughs> Cooking you some damn coconut shrimp. Boy, if you don't it go to Red Lobster though. and leave me alone. It looked good though. I'm not going to lie. It did look good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had some shrimp today. In an ITM, Elijah one says, Katina loves seafood. They haven't had salmon since they've been married. And she keeps talking about how she wants to cook it. So today... He's going to show her that he's putting in as much effort as she is and how he wants her to. He wants his wife to be on the same page as him. And he wants to her wants her to stop waiting for him to tell her how to do things and just do it. That's effort. No, it's Such not. Such a Neanderthal. That's you wanting to control somebody and tell somebody what to do. She's not yes. doing what you want because she doesn't want to do what you want to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's a montage of them cooking. The, the guy, the chef guy, teacher, is telling him that there's no shortcuts. And Olajuwon makes it a point to tell Katina, yeah, no shortcuts. So that's also a thing <laughs> that they did not enjoy. In an ITM, Katina says she doesn't really enjoy cooking. She will cook, but it's not something that she loves to do. So the fact that he's cooking with her is fun. It's not like he's sitting and watching her to see what she can do. Why is she lying to herself? Because <laughs> he's lying to her. That's what he's telling her. And she's just eating it up. I don't know why she's accepting mm-hmm. it. Like, that's another thing I said on Twitter. Like, his whole thing is he has these dated views, but is still trying to look good on TV. So... He's trying to play along like, I'm cooking too. I'm cleaning too. Look, I'm also helping. But really, he Mm -hmm. just wants her to do it. Yes. Yes. And do it without being told. Right. (laughs) I can't wait for her bro friend to come in anytime. Anytime would be great. I forgot his name. I did too, but yes. He needs to barge in soon. (laughs) See, that's why Lajuan got pissed he was on the phone. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so they cook the shrimp again. It looks really tasty. <laughs> and Lajon says that if she cooked like this, she would have three rings on her finger. And then they cook the salmon. In an ITM, Katina says she knows cooking is the way to his heart, which he has told her three or four times. She's going to make sure that she can do that for him so it can be a yes on both ends for decision day. And then they start eating. Olajuwon says this is his type of happiness. This is the type of happiness he needs with his food. 
as he she like said, shovels it in his face uh-huh. like he's never eaten before like come and that's on. what she says she goes like your reaction's like i haven't fed you in a week or something and he's like no disrespect but you haven't fed me on this type of level since i met you in an itm elijah one says he thinks katina right now from what he sees he thinks she worked on herself independently um she doesn't go to the club anymore she doesn't drink and she doesn't want to be that kind of woman, but that doesn't mean that she's ready for marriage because he's the expert, right? Right, right. At the table, though, Elijah asks her what she thought of the food process and if this was something she can duplicate at home. She can definitely cook salmon, for sure, Katina says. She does feel like she's putting in more effort, but she can see areas where he does more than her. And Elijah tells her that she's still learning and there's nothing wrong with that. There's things in other fields that he's still learning. But when it comes to a marriage, those are some of the things that are expected to be already known. He's trying to figure out if she has that base. That's really what he's trying to figure out because he's already achieved big things. He's bought a house. He's paid off his student debt and he doesn't have those problems anymore. She still has those problems and there's nothing wrong with that because she's bettering herself, but he's trying to figure out uh, what kind of wife she will be and if she can do things independently that uh, he could say is on a wife level and then he'll be satisfied. What the hell does any of that have to do with being a wife? (laughs) I don't know. Here's my thing. Last time I checked, um, is Katina over 18? Yes. Okay. Does she have a job? Yes. Does she have clothes? Yes. Does she have a place to live? Yes. Does she look well fed? Yep. Okay. Well, she's an adult, (laughs) right? She's not learning how to be an adult. She's an adult. Yes, she's an adult, but she's not on the next level, which is wife tier. Oh my God. You see, she's down here on little girl tier. She needs to step up to woman wife tier. Oh my gosh, he's such a chauvinistic pig. Disgusting. I know it's a big accomplishment to own a home and pay off your student debt and whatever, but, you know, a lot of people choose not to do those things on purpose. So they're not carrying around, uh, I don't know how many, how much houses go in Boston, but what just ballpark it 300,000 for a house like that's debt on his shoulders some people choose not to have that debt on their shoulders and for him to push that as like a a, a positive over her yeah is is disgusting i don't like that and who's to even say, like we don't even know what's the circumstance of this house who's to say you didn't inherit it from somewhere so that too you're talking all this <laughs> shit like you bought a house but really your grandma died and left it to you right we're still investigating <laughs> that's why you have them old lady curtains you just left <laughs> yes. the shit she had in there <laughs> that's right <laughs> so like or to say oh i paid off all my student debt like okay what if you only went to college for a year well that and he played <laughs> sports Right? Yeah. Wasn't he a college yeah, athlete? Yeah. So he was on a partial scholarship, probably. So he probably only paid for books. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, he's talking all this stuff, but, here. like, really, what is it? Yeah. What is it really? So, he's just. He's a big, 
dumbhead ass. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad, I can't even talk. <laughs> I hope I make sense because I'm so mad. You're doing fine, sweetie. Anyway, so then Katina says that she needs to know what he is seeking on in a wife that's wife level. Like, he just she just doesn't get it. And he says it's just the basics. He feels like she didn't apply enough to the housewarming. She called for food and asked her friends to bring it in, I guess. And he had a problem with that. So instead of them bringing it, he went and got the food. And he didn't see anything at the time. And here's what I don't like. If it was a problem at the time, why didn't you bring it up? You know, if that irked you, why didn't you bring it up? Because it's better to fight now. Save it all up to have one big giant fight. Yeah, it was like he was saving it in his back pocket. And um, and I'm sorry. If my friend is passing the place and they offered to pick it up, I'm going to let them pick it up because they're passing it and they're coming to my house. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, what does it matter? She made sure there was food for the party. Does it matter who picked it up or not? No. Did you eat? Because no. if you didn't eat, then there would be a real problem, wouldn't there? <laughs> I, yeah, that's stupid. It is super stupid. Oh my gosh. And can he, poor Katina tries to like defend herself when there's no need to defend herself. And then he interrupts her and says that she's not even comfortable with what she's saying. And she tries again to like interject. She's like, she is comfortable saying what she's saying. And he says that he was with her when they went shopping and he was with her when they decorated. So what did she do by herself, really? In an ITM, Olajuwon says that she put in some effort with the housewarming, but she- No, 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 she, no, no. Hmm. not the housewarming, my, my housewarming. My housewarming, that's right. I forgot about that. That she put in some effort with my housewarming because she went and got the stuff, but she could have done more. He continues to talk at Katina and said that she orchestrated the party is and the whole thing happened and she agrees but then he asked her what did you do on your own you work at home you did not physically get out of the house and go get those things when they talk about wife level when i talk about wife level this is what i look look at he wants to see her how where she is as a woman so you want her to be like all strung out, like trying to pull herself in 20 different directions. And then you'd be bitching that she's complaining about being tired or she's mm-hmm. always busy. It mm-hmm. would always be something. It would always be something. And he seems like someone who obviously has some like compulsive nature. Like he wants things done a certain way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want things done a certain way, why don't you just do them yourself? That's what, do I was like, that's what my husband does. I was like, that's what my husband does. He wants to do all the cleaning. Okay, go for it. I'm not on that wife level. It's amazing you've been, been married for... so long. I know. So like, even though I've been married for really more than three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little bit more. And I DM Elajwan says you she doesn't want to cook and she doesn't want to clean. So what is she gonna do? Back at the table he says he can't settle with someone he thinks doesn't have the base of being an adult 
because they don't have enough life experience. That's the disconnect he's having with her. He cares for her so much, but it bothers him because he doesn't know where she stands. What has she picked up? Is she a fast learner? He needs to know who he's married to. And at this point, Katina says she needs a break. And he says he understands. He says he doesn't think that she doesn't have it, but he has to be real with her at the same time. As much as he's loving her, he has to be real and he has to keep her grounded because he has to make sure he, if he says yes on decision day, that she can hold it down even if he breaks his leg. He needs to know that she can get things done without him. He can't say that about her right now. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If he breaks his leg, he thinks the whole house is going to crumble? Yes, because she's an irresponsible baby who can't do anything. <laughs> she's so, so stupid dumb. that she could not manage. Even <laughs> though she's managed to keep herself alive 28 years or however old she is. If something were to happen to him, now that they're connected, she would just lose all mental capacity. <laughs> and they would both die in the apartment of starvation. Oh my gosh. Katina says she doesn't really know what else to say. And she just says only time can tell. She's not going to sit there and say she's woman enough for this and woman enough for that. She's not going to do that. And she's never going to do that. And he tells her that he's not telling her to do that. And then we see the ITM with Katina crying and that she wanted to be married so much, but it just makes her feel so bad. She broke so my little heart when she started petting that wig. I know, I, like, I know. Oh, no. She's trying to soothe her little self. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I know. Even when I she really... was crying at the tape, like she was, you know, kind of dotting away like little mm -hmm. tears and he's just like staring at her. Like wanting to see those tears. Yeah. Yeah. He's disgusting. Could have punched he him is... in the face. Like I Absolutely was so mad at this episode. I was yelling at the TV man. Mm -hmm. Like, you old bitch. <laughs> Why you make her cry? <laughs> I know. I really like Katina. I really do. I think she's one of the most genuine people we've seen at least when she's talking to her friends like yeah. with the other girls not with him she's not being her genuine self with him because she's just um trying to fit this mold he wants her to fit in and which is really really sad but i also think that makes her more compelling because you know we want her to not do that and we want her to grow from that and um i'm just i'm rooting for her as an individual but not as a couple no not at all and mm -hmm. I think it's good. We saw in the um, at the in the in next week's episode, uh, Doctor Viviana is coming to visit all the couples. And I think it's good that she like broke down in that session. I'm like, okay, of course they say the experts see all of this stuff, but to see it firsthand and for Katina to really express herself, like Pastor Cal was trying to get her to do, and she didn't. Mm -hmm. So for her to finally, you know, kind of let it go, and maybe Doctor Viviana can <laughs> help the situation in some way. I hope so. Um, I hope it's in the way of them not being together. <laughs> but well, I doubt it. I doubt it. <sighs> stupid ass 
bitch. <laughs> I officially am done with Lajuan. I don't want to see. I don't care no more. He's in <laughs> Leprechaun Land with Jose. Y'all both fuck off. I know forever. Like, I just can't believe it. And I think it's really interesting that neither Katina or Lajuan were on after party when they've been on so much mm -hmm. like when shit happens on the episode that involves them they're not on it's like really come on he's supposed to be on next week right i think so so i hope so i'm, I'm not really too sure i think so oh you know who else is gonna be on after party next week uh-huh i hope he gets in his ass i hope so too it's Kevin, gonna be so good get in his ass get in his ass yeah, that's going to be really good. I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're pulling in podcasters. He is more than us. No. <laughs> is he more than that? Yeah. Oh, okay, because that's all I know him from. Oh, no. He's a comedian. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. But has like a huge platform. I'm, I'm 20 years behind on everything. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He's got a big, 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 big platform. <laughs> but either way, it's, I think it's just uh, interesting, you know, that they're pulling him in when in the past they've pulled like when they do those weird. Uh, well, they did it before the season, you know, when they, the ex, the other experts yeah. where they're like from magazines and stuff like, yeah. you know, nobody cares about them or their opinion. Well, this year they had a, another YouTube. They had a YouTube person. Oh, didn't they? Mm -hmm. I didn't want I didn't watch him, but. I'm I'm guessing they're trying to they're listening to what people are saying and right. trying to change. So that's kind of interesting. But yes, um, can't wait to see. I haven't watched their episode this week or this episode. Oh really? Yeah. So Should we'll see what good. they have to say about them. Should be good. Get so on. all right, let's move on to uh, the next train wreck. How about Mark and Lindsay? <sighs> Mark the shark and Lindsay. The loony. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's dinner time at the apartment, and we can already tell right off the bat, tension is pretty high. Uh, Mark has brought home some takeout for dinner, which he's laying out, and he's trying to make a little bit of small talk with Lindsay. He asks her how her day was, and she gives him a super dry fine. Then he asks how the cats were that day, and she's like, I don't know, I wasn't at home, but nobody's dead, so I guess it was fine. And Mark is like, okay. <laughs> uh, then we get a voiceover where Lindsay says that she is extremely annoyed with Mark. She wants him to say that he's sorry for hurting her feelings or let her know that he cares about her. At this point, she's extremely irritated and is just waiting for the next explosive fight to happen. So we go back to them sitting down to eat. Now, I don't know what the hell she was eating, but production kept zooming in on it. It looked disgusting. <laughs> it was all like one color. Maybe it was like pot roast or something, but I, I don't I know. Even, what it, yeah, I didn't even pay attention. I they know. zoomed in on it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not, I even paused it, everything. I could not figure out what it was. It was indistinguishable. Uh, but he's eating steak and uh, vegetables. And again, we can see that the tension is super, super thick. 
Mark is still trying to do the small talk thing where he's asking her how the food is and she's still doing her dry thing and saying her little one word, Kurt, good, fine. (laughs) Uh, At this point, I don't know if the editors did some extra Foley production during this scene because it was so quiet in the apartment. You could hear like every grain of salt coming out of the salt shaker Every um, crack he, of pepper, yeah. I was like, <laughs> the fork and the knife really and the plate. <laughs> he put on a lot of pepper, I think. Like, yeah. he kept going and going. I was like, I think that's enough, Mark. Maybe he the grind is too fine. He needed it <laughs> extra. So, again, Mike is trying, or Mike, Mark is trying to strike up the conversation, and he asks Lindsay what she did all day, and she says, work. He says, how did that go? And she says, good. (laughs) Uh, Then she's like, gives him a bone and asks him about his day. And he says, it was good. (laughs) Riveting. Huh? Riveting. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, In an ITM, Mark says that they're just not clicking right now. They both have an ideal about what they want and like. And... It causes tension when it feels like they're not getting that or having that. They kind of start talking about the bowling night and Mark asks if he's talking about how well she was doing and uh, Lindsay writes it off as beginner's luck. So then he, you know, bites the bullet and addresses the elephant in the room and asks her if she feels like she crossed the line that night. And she says, no, she was having a good time that night. And every time they're out having a good time, Something happens and he becomes a negative Debbie Downer. She says that he gets naggy and nitpicks. And basically she's wondering when he's going to give her any affirmations or any kindness instead of all the negativity. She said that she's trying to be supportive and kind to Mark. They have fun and they have these great times. And then he does something that makes her feel like she doesn't even know who he is anymore. She's lost trust in him because what he's showing her and giving her right now are two completely different things. She doesn't know what's going on and she's upset with him. This kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like, where is she coming from with this? She, you know, and here's the thing. My biggest problem with her is that she's trying to diagnose Mark when men aren't that complicated. I hate to be like that, but he just has a lot of shit going on. You know, he has the mom stuff. He has the infestation at his apartment. He still has to work. He's in a new marriage. There's a lot of things going on. And all she's worried about is herself. She's worried, you know, he's not paying attention to her and giving her kudos and affirmation and, uh, you know, telling her that she's doing a good job as being a wife and, and whatever. But she's also like just trying to, I don't know, make something that it's not. Right. They're t- they're arguing about two different things. Right. And that's their communication issue is they're not understanding what they're even talking about. Okay. I'm not crazy. That's my... No, you're not crazy. <laughs> like I'm she's like, just, she's what? trying to armchair diagnose him. And she has been. And, and even uh, when, she, when they were talking with Pastor Cal, she's like, oh, I feel him, um, you know, what, what he's he's uh he's just drowning in these things and and that's why he can't express himself he's like no he can't express himself because he's afraid of you <laughs> you right. know so she's she's thinking about all of this but the reality 
of the situation, it's a whole other kind of problem going on. So she's just, she thinks she's really smart and that she's really emotionally intelligent and she is in some aspects, but she's not his psychologist. So way off. But nonetheless, back in the conversation, she says all that she has to say, and he comes back with same. (laughs) She says, no, it's you. You're the one that's negative. Your life is in chaos and you're always complaining. She says he needs to get some awareness about this because Mark is like, me? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Mark just messed Mark face because he's like, you, you need awareness. (laughs) In a voiceover, Lindsay says that she needs Mark to get over or needs Mark to come to his senses a little bit and realize what he's doing and how it's affecting her. He's so focused on how things are affecting him, he's forgetting that there's another person in the marriage. She's also been concentrating on what's affecting him. So she's put herself second and she's not gonna do that anymore. He never asked her to do that, by the way. He never asked her to put herself second. (laughs) She has voluntarily done all those things herself. He has never asked her to put a hazmat suit on. He has never asked her to do any of those things. And she's chosen to do those. And now she wants him to thank her for doing those things he has not asked her to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we go back to them at the apartment. She's getting a little loud now. And she's telling him that she's not satisfied and is very unhappy. To which he says again, same. (laughs) (laughs) Then she tells him he needs to let her finish because he keeps jumping in. She goes on to say... Again, that she's still very upset. She brought up that they were having fun last night. And then she realized that Mark's not being Mark. He's being TV Mark. And this really sets him off because he's like, what are you talking about? You need to cut it out with all this TV camera stuff. I'm not being different. She goes on to ask him, you know, who are you? He says he knows who he is. And she says, well, I don't think you do. And I don't know who you are. And she says it, though, she says it in a way that's like acting, like bad acting. Who exactly. are you? I don't know you. I'm like, okay, drama queen. Exactly. She's doing to it call for someone, Exactly. To call someone else up for being fake on TV. Hello, you've been acting this whole time. Yes, you are not Meryl Streep. So sorry. At all. Uh, Lindsay says that she's sick of feeling like she's bending over backwards to be kind to him and empathetic. She says that he's sabotaging himself into treating her badly. What has he done to treat her badly? This is like another Alyssa and Chris thing. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Other than not thanking her, that's her biggest thing is that she has no, she has not been given a bone about the extras that she's doing. But to my, to that, I say, he did not ask you to do those things. Yeah, that's what I said. Besides, like, cutting off sex. Yeah. That's it. He hasn't done anything (laughs) else to you. Yeah. Well, I guess from her perspective, she could take him not having her back at the bowling alley as something, as a negative. But, again, you've brought this up. She's that person who says, well, my boyfriend's going to beat you up. She's that person. (laughs) 
So, but he is not that person and he is not beating up anybody for Alyssa. (laughs) Or not Alyssa. What's her face? Lindsay. He said, I'm going to be outside. I'm going to see you at the car. (laughs) Uh, But she goes on. She says that she feels unappreciated and uncared for. She's not even sure why she's still there or why she's trying with someone that doesn't treat her well. Then she asks him what he even likes about her because it doesn't seem like there's anything. Mark says that he feels like there's an incredibly loving person buried inside of her. Lindsay is instantly offended and says that's an insulting (laughs) dig. And he says he doesn't mean it that way. She has a loving side to herself, but it's just hard for her to show because she has such a tough exterior. He says that she's showed him her kindness by doing nurturing things for him, taking care of the house, the cats, stepping up for his mom, for example. She does a lot of good things and there's nothing bad about her. He never said he didn't like her. He thinks they just have different personalities. She's not feeling she's not feeling love and affection from him and he feels like she's condescending towards him. So that's where their signals are getting mixed up and that's why they can't move forward. He thinks they both like each other. They both like each other, but They just need to, again, work on that communication and have some improvement in that department. Lindsay says that for her, honestly, it's beyond communication. She has less hope today than she's ever had before. She's at 1% at this point. And Mark says, well, 1% is better than zero. (laughs) He believes that they can communicate better and, you know, they can grow from there if they can get that figured out. So the next scene we see of them Mark, is... You can just say you don't, he don't like her. <laughs> no, he can't, because then she's going to bite his head off. Oh, wait, yeah, he still has to live with her another, what, six weeks? Exactly. <laughs> she's going to kill his cat <laughs> on accident. They're accidentally sure. going to get out. It's another Meryl Streep movie. No, no, it isn't. It's uh, Glenn Close. She's boiling the rabbit. Mm-hmm. So it's the burger night that Lindsay always dreamed of, or maybe not because Mark overcooks the food. I like a well done burger. Mm. In my older age, I can go a little under. (laughs) She says nonetheless that she's appreciative that he cooked in a voiceover. Mark says that on this particular day, things were pretty good. The previous couple of days were rough, but they had a breakthrough moment. He was able to communicate things he thinks were going on with Lindsay and he talked with her about it to make sure that she knew he understands so that they can communicate differently to have better days. He's trying to be optimistic and positive and stay present. It goes back to them at the table and they start the exercise from the experts. Mark asks Lindsay if she's ever been in love and she says yes. She's had several different versions, you know, high school sweethearts, young love, you know, college relationship, moving in with somebody, etc. cetera. Uh, Mark says, or he asks her if she thought she was going to marry any of those guys. And she says there was a guy that she moved to New York with. And she thought that was the one. She said at the time she was having a lot of drama with her family and he was supportive, but eventually that changed. And I'm assuming that's what ended that relationship because she kind of just trailed off yeah uh she asked mark if he's been in love and he says yes and then he goes into this whole thing about 
when he's in a relationship that ends, he goes on to the next person. And then if that next person doesn't excite him enough or he's not getting what he wants out of that relationship, it makes him want to go back to the previous person he just broke up with and try over again. Like in finding out like the grass isn't greener or you don't know what you got till it's gone type thing. Which is interesting because on After Party, Lindsay has brought up that he's always the side piece. Like he's always the person who gets broken up with. So for him to say that is interesting. Yeah, Lindsay tells him at this point that that's concerning because then you never move on. If you keep going back to the same person, how are you making any progress? She Mm -hmm. says that she would never recycle men when she makes a decision that it's not going to work. That's it. If it didn't work out the first time, it's not going to work out a second time. There's a reason you broke up. And this is the one time I will say Lindsay is making sense. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with this sentiment. Yeah. Like there's a reason. There's a reason. Don't forget it. Always. Because it'll come back to you, baby. And then you'll (laughs) be like, oh, yeah, I remember I hated when you did that. That's why we broke up. Uh, Then... The next question is, what does it take for you to fall in love? Which Lindsay asked Mark because he's told her previously that it takes him a long time to fall for somebody. He says that if he's not feeling someone right out of the gate, it takes a lot of time to build a foundation. Patience and time is what he needs. Lindsay says that for her, she needs a partner that is present, consistent, and can show that they care. She needs someone who doesn't withdraw, walk away, or abandon a moment, or shy away from conflict. She needs someone who's going to show up and stand up. When she doesn't get that from a partner, she's very quick to check out. And he says, oh, obviously, or clearly, something like that. (laughs) Oh, he asks, she asks him if he's beginning to fall in love. He says there's possibility for it to happen, but they need more time to develop to say that that's happening for sure in this situation. He asked her what she thinks, and she says if you would have asked her in the beginning, she would have said yes, but the last 10 days have been really rough. They've both pulled back a lot, and they're not at the same point anymore. She says that it's not that they can't be at that same point, but he needs to make time for her and choose to make her a priority. She said in her vows that she would consider him first, and she hasn't gotten that from him in return. So that's where they end the couple's exercise the next scene we see of them is a date night mark is taking Lindsay to a fancy sushi restaurant apparently that's her favorite so he wanted to do a nice thing for her and let her know that he's paying attention and he does appreciate her take notes olajuwon asshole (laughs) (laughs) but at the restaurant right off the bat Lindsay is ready to start ordering sashimi. Now, let's not forget that the closest thing that Mark has ever been to sashimi is goldfish crackers. (laughs) He's not trying to eat raw fish. He even tells her like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You don't have to order for me. It's fine. And of course, she says, no, we're going to go ahead and get the eel because that's the easiest to start off with. Uh, Again, he's like, maybe we can save the eel for another adventure day. And (laughs) she's hell-bent on making him eat this food that he does not want to eat. Okay, big picture. You're going to be with this guy forever. You want to go to sushi restaurants. 
introduce them to something that's very palatable, that's easy to eat and not freak him out. Right? You know, force him on the first time so that he hates it and has bad memories about it. <laughs> uh, in an ITM, she says that sushi is her favorite food. She could eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She's surprised he even brought her to a sushi restaurant because it's out of his wheelhouse, basically. Uh, then they go back to them at the table and the waitress brings out the first dish, which is a pink lady roll. According to the internet, that is uh, like uh, crab mix, asparagus, avocado, and salmon in pink soy paper. So not Sounds too good. crazy. Yeah. But we see them um, trying it out. Mark is struggling with his chopsticks. Eventually That's he has me. to... That's me. You. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he has to downgrade to a fork eventually. <laughs> Um, he didn't really, they didn't show his reaction or him saying anything about how it was. Cause he probably liked it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing wild in there. I mean, yeah, I, there's stuff I personally don't like. Like, I don't like that imitation crab. I, I liked it. I don't care for it, but everything else I would eat. And even it didn't even have nori. It had soy paper. So he didn't even have the seaweed. Yeah. effect which is a lot which turns a lot of people off yeah yeah the texture uh but then the waitress comes with the big guns she brings out the chef's choice which is a big old boat of sashimi <laughs> and nigiri basically <laughs> and again Lindsay is immediately trying to force him to eat a piece of salmon nigiri <laughs> and this fool like can't even touch it he has the giggles trying to even pick up the piece <laughs> Uh, but he does eventually try it and takes like some little bites and Lindsay couldn't be more pleased with his discomfort. She's just having a good old time <laughs> laughing at him. In a voiceover, Mark says that Lindsay is the only girl he's ever attempted to eat so many new foods within his life. It's only been three really, weeks. It's really sweet though. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Well, he's he can't even help he's... it. Half the time she's just shoving it in his face. That's true too. <laughs> He has a like piece of tuna in the ITM and he says that the tuna should go back to the ocean and be with its family and they should swim far, far away. <laughs> but back at the table, they're continuing dinner. It looks like they've got some sake now. And Mark asks Lindsay if this was a good choice for her. And she says, yes, thank you very much. He tells her that he appreciates that she went into this experiment with a stranger and had all the right intentions regardless of how the person she was paired with was going to be. She went in with everything. Even when the days are harder at times or he's not feeling a response, she keeps doing nice things. He apologizes for all the times she felt hurt and he wants to promise not to cause her any pain. He wants to let her know that he does notice everything that she does and recognizes that she's too good of a person to ever get hurt she's too good of a person to not feel appreciated because she is and he doesn't want her to think otherwise it's very very sweet very very heartfelt it yeah. looks like she might have had a maybe a, a little tear uh and it seems like she does genuinely accept his apology yeah it does seem they're good right here yeah she says that she feels the same way about him and that he's worth it he goes out of his way to do so much for everybody else 
and he's not used to having somebody to do things for him. She's more than happy to do those things for him. And then she blows him a little kiss across the table and he catches it. Yep. <laughs> and they seem to be okay after this. Yeah. For how long? I don't know. <laughs> well, for at least the next scene. So <laughs> <laughs> we go on date night number two. I don't know why they have to go on so many dates, but they're on a roll. Oh, because they're supposed to plan dates for each other. But we don't see the one for Olajuwon, uh, Katina for Olajuwon. Oh, yeah. And we don't see the one for... Um, Steve for Noi. For Steve, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. Huh. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they go... Well, Katina probably didn't want to plan shit <laughs> after that disaster date. Well, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. She said, fuck him. Go on his own date. Here's a Taco Bell gift card. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get your ass to the couch. Date that. Anyway. So uh, <laughs> this whole episode, bat. we're just going to shit on a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm just going to bash on him every chance we get. <laughs> He's a bitch. Hate him. Uh. Oh, man. So on the date for Mark, uh, they're in the car going to their destination. Mark is driving and Lindsay says they're going to go bungee jumping. <laughs> and Mark starts freaking out. He says he would rather jump out of a plane than bungee jump. Absolutely not. He's not doing that. I don't blame him. He says that Lindsay is the like, if I die, I die. Fuck it type person. <laughs> and he is not. He wants to live. He would like to see tomorrow. <laughs> He does not want her pushing him off a bridge with a piece of rope. <laughs> but she tells him that she's just kidding and that they're actually going to go to this fun park uh, to hit the batting cages and, you know, ride go-karts, stuff like that. And he's like, okay, that's great. I love that. I'm down <laughs> for that. Much better than bungee jumping. So they arrive at JG's. Of course, I looked up what the hell JG's is. Nice. Apparently, they're more known for ice cream. Oh, okay. So that's their big thing, having 60 flavors of ice cream. Ooh. Yeah. They had some interesting... They had grape nut flavor. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's that weird was one. the one that stuck out to me. Like, I don't even know that I know what grape nuts taste like. Yeah, I don't either. Old people... I just know it's old people cereal. Yeah. Do they still make it? I guess I think, so. They I think make so. Ice cream. I don't know. But yeah, Ooh. this particular JG's also has like a fun amusement center with arcade and all this other. A la Malibu Grand Castle Grand Prix. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, so they go to the batting cages first. Lindsay, of course, wants the helmet that's seen the least amount of heads as a, you know. <laughs> public health advisor i'm not surprised <laughs> in an itm she says that when they were getting stuff from mark's apartment he had every baseball from his childhood in that suitcase and so she knew he played and figured this would be a fun activity for them to do together believe it or not she does pay attention to him <laughs> then they cut to mark saying that he played baseball from age five till his senior year in high school and he appreciated the fact that Lindsay remembered. That's what he cares for and has love for. There's a montage of them, you know, 
taking swings at bat and in a voiceover, Lindsay says that Mark looks powerful swinging in the batting cage. She wishes that he could take some of that strength and power and use it for her. Jesus. <laughs> then we see them playing on the um, like bumper boats. Mm-hmm. And Mark says that for them, one day at a time is healthy. They don't need to think about eight weeks or 10 months or two years. They just need to take one day at a time. You know, the last couple of days they've been getting along, not arguing, being themselves. So that's good. But they've then also we- been by themselves. <laughs> True. Then we see a clip of them um, in the go-karts and we get a voiceover from Lindsay where she says that she does have a good time with Mark, but she's only seen glimpses of the man that she wants. She needs to see it with consistency, but she's still hopeful. She's trying to take it one day at a time as well, and we'll see where it goes. And that is Mark and Lindsay this episode. Sweet. They both plan sweet little dates for each other it's cute yeah i mean started off rocky but it seems like they were able to end on an okay note how can you be mad with go-karts and ice cream it's true all right let's go to chasmina and michael oh this one was the rough one um yeah starts off with a diary cam Michael is designing a bandana for Mr. Feeney. So, so cute. cute. <laughs> In an ITM, he says that he's setting up a picnic for Jasmina and Mr. Feeney as their date. Feeney is important to Jasmina, so he wants to build a stronger bond with him to show Jasmina that he's important to him, too. Smart. Yes. So they go to um, their picnic, or I guess a park. They go to their park. And uh, Michael has set up their picnic. He brings out a big old gift basket. And Jasmina thinks the gift is for her. But once she starts opening it, oh, it's all a bunch of toys for Mr. Feeney, which is so cute. And she says it's even better because he's a big part of her life. Uh, Michael then tells her that you know, the whole point of this was he wants to establish a bond with Mr. Feeney because he's so important to Jasmina. And he also wants him to listen to him. And so at this point, he tries to get Mr. Feeney to give him his paw, and he's just, like, not having it whatsoever <laughs> until he gets I, a treat. So On Twitter, I said that Mr. Feeney was like, you're not my real dad. I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. At this point, Michael brings up their honeymoon and their arguments. He knows that she didn't like his tone at times, and he was trying to address things that were bothering him and things he didn't appreciate at the time, and he wants to know how he can improve his communication when speaking to her. And Jasmina tells him the best way to communicate is to talk with her. In both instances, he was talking at her, telling her what to do and using a tone. The best way to talk is how they are talking at the moment. They're not raising their voice. Um, she, he needs to say that he needs space or needs a breather and, and go to another room and calm down before the conversation continues. It's not a way to talk to her. He just needs to talk. Michael says that they both were speaking to each other in higher tones than they usually would speak to each other. Um, and she agrees with that. She says, yeah, but she wouldn't have got to that level if he had listened to her in the first place and did not have that tone 
and did not speak to her in that way. She wouldn't have gone there at all if he would have picked up on her signs and read the room. It's basic knowledge on how to have a conversation with someone. Michael says he's asking her how he can communicate better and she's telling him that communication is normal. And he says, this isn't going anywhere because we're just having us like a conversation in circles, basically. She says, how do you not know how to have a basic conversation with someone? And to me, she's like really kind of antagonizing him at this point. Yeah. Like she knows this is going to get a reaction from him Mm -hmm. and then he's going to have a tone and then she's not going to like it. (laughs) So that's why she's smart. Alyssa. Yeah, I'm believing that now. But uh, he tells her that basic is such a relative word and it depends dependent on how you were brought up, how you speak to your friends, how you speak to your family, the different situations you've been in. And he's asking her for help, how to communicate better. And she's saying that he should already know. And now they're in the exact place they were before talking in circles. She's at this point, she tells him to calm down. <laughs> calm down Michael and he tells her that she he is calm yeah. he's just speaking passionately and then she tells him to calm down again that he, he tells her that he's not upset and she says yes but you're getting annoyed he says that's okay because you know it's a basic human emotion and he's not a robot she says not to talk with her like that and he just needs to relax they're both getting annoyed and they just need to calm down so that they can just talk And at this point, he just gives up and says, yeah, I hear you. (laughs) He's done. (laughs) I mean, it's, yeah, there's no point. In an idea, Michael says, it was supposed to be a positive day. A good, supposed to be a positive date. Uh, He didn't expect it to take a left turn. They still need to work on their communication issues. There's a lot of things they need to address and unpack. And he hopes that this was a a step in the right direction. Not so much. Nah. The next time we see them, there's like a little clip of them eating uh, takeout, sitting down to eat takeout. And Michael says that he's envisioned cooking for them at some point. And, uh, but they keep getting takeout. There's no time, all the filming they have to do. And him getting up at 4 a.m., get out of here. So the next time we see them, they are sitting down to eat takeout and they're gonna go over um, the questions Uh, that the experts have sent over. But they're just having small talk at first, and Jasmina's asking how his day was. And he tells her that he forgot to tell her that it was the anniversary of his brother's passing that day. So he went to the cemetery to show his respects, and and she said she was sorry, and she didn't know. And and he told her it's been a while. I guess the brother got shot in maybe 98 or 99. And she said she wished she would have known. She wished she would have known. And he said, "Yeah, but you were at work." So he kind of like brushes it off a little bit. In an ITM, Jasmina said that they haven't been speaking much since the picnic, so that didn't go well at all. And she was just trying to have like these, "How was your day?" type of conversation. So the fact that he opened up about how important that day was made her feel a little bit better about their connection. And then they start with the questions. The first question is, have you ever been in love before? And she says, yes, three times, three in a possible 
he asks, what about those relationships made her feel love? And Jasmina says they always made her feel good about herself and they always treated her right and with respect and that it was a friendship first. She just knew it because she would be so giddy all the time. And Michael has this like face when she says that, like, you're never giddy around me, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, um, and then it's Michael's turn to answer. He says one and a possible. His possible was like from high school and in high school, you don't really know what love is. So that's why it's a possible. And the other love was his last relationship. They had a foundation of friendship. He knew her triggers. He knew her past. She knew his. They understood each other. And that helped them have conversations and be vulnerable with each other. And it kind of grew from there. Which is interesting. Like They both answer these questions and then don't go into anything else. Right. And you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, if it was so good, why did it end? Why did it end? Yeah. Yeah, Jasmina, if all these men treated you so well... Why, why aren't you with them now? <laughs> and same with this guy. It was good until it wasn't no more. <laughs> but she always says she um, never dated somebody in like real life. Like they were always Long somewhere distance. else. And so it could be like they just didn't want to move at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. Um, the next question, what do you think it takes for you to fall in love with someone? Mike says he has to be vulnerable with somebody. It's not easy for him to be vulnerable as a man when you're vulnerable. Um, it kind of makes you feel weak. So being able to have that comfort with someone to where he's not afraid to be vulnerable, uh, that's what's going to propel him to fall in love with that person. And Jasmine asked if he would say he's vulnerable right now. And he says he doesn't think they have those kinds of conversations that have shown him that because they're just saying, how's your day? She asks what's stopping him from bringing up these conversations to be open and to be vulnerable and to be comfortable. And Michael says that he went into this saying he was going to be vulnerable on day one. So it's new territory because he's never done that. He's never gone in to be vulnerable with a person he's not hundred percent comfortable with. He had to make the decision to go in vulnerable day one. And in an ITM, Jasmine is just as confused as we are because he's saying this, but we have not seen him be vulnerable um, as of yet. And neither has she. And the fact that he promised this to himself, then why hasn't he made the steps to be vulnerable? And that's kind of where it ends with that. Next time we see them is at Jasmina's gym. <laughs> With a J. With a J. And Mike says, trademark that. It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her planned date for Michael. And he thinks it's really, really funny because she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> and she admits it. She says, you know, that he's been trying to get her to go to the gym, but she's lazy and um but she knows that the gym is important to him and working out is important to him and so today they're gonna work out together i said i love that she owned it she said i'm lazy i'm not yeah. gonna go to the gym i'm trying <laughs> to watch my k-pop shows this bitch she looks great snatched 
Yes, she looks amazing and Perfect has never stepped into, into a gym. It's like, oh my gosh, I worked so hard to be this chubby. Hello, <laughs> it me. Oh my gosh. So she has three stations set up and each one is supposed to work on a certain issue in the relationship. Uh, one station is communication, one is interruptions, and one is vulnerability. And ITM Mike says it's a really nice gesture from her because he knows it took a lot of thought and preparation to get it done. So he knows she's really trying to work on their marriage. Back at Jasmina's gym, he comments on the J, as we said, and uh, really likes that she changed the J, uh, the G in gym to J. He likes that. And then she tells him that he should take the the sign and uh, so that his his clients can see it and they can train at Jasmine's gym. <laughs> cute. And then they do a cute little banter about her being his personal trainer and she touches his bicep and asks if he has a wife, so, you know, inappropriate things for a trainer to ask. Um, but he thinks it's funny. She then leads him through all the exercises and they're all completely wrong, according to Mike. In an idea, Mike knows Jasmina does not work out. So her being a personal trainer is hilarious to him. She doesn't know how to do certain workouts and he would not hire her to be his personal trainer, but he appreciates her efforts. <laughs> you don't want to do the one-two shuffle in the resistance band? That's not right. <laughs> I wrote, no, my favorite was like the 80s dance through the ladder on the floor. <laughs> I was like, yes. It was not Michael's favorite. He did not do that one. <laughs> and then things get serious. They do this stretch where they're holding hands and uh, have their legs open and they're kind of leaning into each other. And she tells him this station is about being open and she wants to talk about his past and how growing up... Uh, he experienced so much loss in his in his whole life. And he says his first loss was with his brother. He was six or seven. The brother was working late at a fast food restaurant. And oftentimes he would bring food late to his family at like 3 a.m. They would all give him an order and he would just bring it. And then they would all wake up and go eat it together. Um, so one night there was a frantic knock at 3 a.m., and they thought it was the brother, but it was his friend. And they he told him that his brother had been shot. And poor Mike, he says all he remembers is seeing his brother on the pavement. And at this point, he is just like losing it. He's crying. And Jasmine is trying to comfort him. Uh, he tells her that his aunt tried to grab him and take him away from the scene. And his mom fainted. And that was his first example of grief and losing someone. And the way he lost the brother, it just changed him at such a young age. And after that, every three or four years, something else happens and he has to deal with more grief. So over time, it just changed who he was and it made him put his emotions in a box to deal with later. In an ITM, Jasmina is happy. He's finally opening up and letting her in so she can understand him more. And... He and it explains why he has the habits that he has and why he thinks the way he thinks. She has not had loss like that, and especially not the loss of a sibling. But she knows that if she did, it would she would feel the exact same way as he did. She's very sad that he had to go through all of that at such a young age and you lose all of those people he was so close to. 
but she's glad she he's able to open and share it with her. Um, back at their um, at their date, she thanks Michael for opening up, and she knows that it took a lot, but she appreciates him being open and honest about his feelings. And she, and, and then um, there's like a little brief pause, and she asks what he's thinking, and he says it felt good to cry. I bet you that man hasn't cried in a really long time. Probably, yeah. I love a good cry. <laughs> Makes me feel so much better. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I say that, but no, I, I think it. it's so cathartic letting it all out. Mm. <laughs> well, let's end but, on a happy note. Wait, tell us a little bit. What? Wait, what? What? Did you think it took her too long to come to him? Like he was already breaking down for a while yeah before she finally like went over to him to like kind of comfort him well not to jump into after party but she did say that she was trying to hold it together like she was trying not to sob and cry because she knew as soon as she did that he was going to be in protector mode and try and you know comfort her and stop talking about his feelings so i think it was more of her trying not to um yeah I'm trying not to break but at first when I first saw it I thought she was a little cold yeah um but after hearing her and after party it makes it makes sense okay I'm just wondering yeah all right let's end the couple scenes on a on the mushy gushy lovey-dovey note why don't you tell us a little bit about Noi and Steve noisy noisy so we see steve is at the park near the beach where he tells us that he woke up in bed alone well not alone he was with sushi Uh, eventually he gets a text from noi telling him to meet her at gibson park near the front entrance sign so we see him entering the park and as he's approaching the sign at the base there's a small little treasure treasure chest and he opens it and there is a note from noi It says, hey, hubby, I've planned an adventure for you, so get ready and give it a shot. Your next clue is hidden in a game where the two players start in love. So it looks like Noi. Did you get this? Yes. Okay. I know sometimes you don't get sports things. (laughs) (laughs) Disc golf. Your face is a sports thing. (laughs) Dumb. Anyway, it looks like Noi has organized a like scavenger treasure hunt for Steve throughout the park. So we see he goes around to like five or six different points collecting clues as he goes. It's very cute because it's extremely thoughtful on Noi's part. Uh, all the hints are either showing that she knows about him and his interest or is meant to trigger a memory of a good time that they've had between now and the wedding yeah between the wedding and now uh the very last clue that he gets says i will soon be found all you have to do is turn around and magically noi pops onto the playground she's on a swing waiting for steve in an itm steve says that he loves that she put this together for him he loves adventure random things and thoughtful gifts especially so it makes him feel special and connected to her 
Even though they've had some challenges, this reminds him that they're still doing well and that they're in a good place. We see them back at the swing where they're sitting together, taking selfies with the little Polaroid camera. Of course, Noi asks if Steve thinks this is cute. (laughs) And he says everything she does is cute. Oh my gosh. And they do look cute (laughs) together with their little (laughs) cute pictures. I'm glad they didn't let some soggy noodles end it all. I know. I just think it's so funny that there were ups and downs just was like noodles. That's a big deal. All right. Carbs are important. (laughs) So next scene we see of them. uh, It's day 17 of the marriage and they're having their first takeout. And you know what I just realized? Hmm. Everybody had takeout this episode except for Katina and Olajuwon. That fucker made her cook. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mark cooked burgers. But they had takeout when they They did the- They also had takeout. When they did the uh, experiment or the questions from the experts. They all had takeout. Except for poor Katina. She had to slave over a stove and make that asshole- spaghetti again i mean i just like the anxiety she must be feeling on a daily basis it just gives me anxiety (laughs) like poor thing her ass is sweating bullets at the supermarket like not healthy (sighs) like he's gonna knock the pot off the stove on the floor right i don't want this in his (laughs) high rage of munchies Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, back to Stephen Noy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so they're having their first takeout. Apparently, you know, Steve, unlike Katina, he's chefing it in the kitchen every night with no problems. So <laughs> this is the first time they've ordered out. Uh, but they sit down and they are getting ready to eat and do the exercise from the experts. It arrives at the door. They do this weird shot of Noi struggling with her bubble tea. Yeah. Like, I don't what know. That? It was weird. And then I he said, gave I don't know her why. a weird face. <laughs> she was struggling with the tapioca pearl. I guess so. I don't like those. Honestly, I haven't had it since high school and my palate has developed since then. So maybe I like it now. I don't know. I do need I to try it again. I don't like the texture of the tapioca balls. Mm, I just I swallow know. them whole. I can't even remember, honestly. After this episode, though, I do think we should go get sushi. I'm hella down. Okay. (laughs) Done. You know. I will plan it. (laughs) You know. You don't have to ask me twice. (laughs) But they start in with the questions, and Steve asks if she's ever been in love. Noe says that she has. She thinks once. Then she flips it on him and he says that he feels like he's been in love several times. Of course, she's not going to let that go. She's like, well, I mean, how many times? I'm just saying, you know, out of curiosity, because, you know, (laughs) because I want to know, just, you know, you know, was it like one or two? It's a pretty good Noi impersonation. Just like if you could see, if if y'all could see Igby, it's pretty good. (laughs) The facial expressions are spot on. Thank you. I try. But uh, uh, Steve says that he's been in five serious relationships and feels like he was in love with each one of those people. Now, 
Do we know if Steve has been engaged or anything like that before? I feel like with his age and considering he's had this many serious relationships, none of them have gotten to the point of marriage or like super long term. Mm, no, no, we haven't heard anything. So I'm not sure. That just put a little thing question mark in yeah. my head. Hmm. And an ITM noise says that this information is pretty interesting because Steve has been hesitant to talk about this, like the love conversation with her, where he's been more com, where she's been more comfortable with him. Uh, Steve, then we go back to them. He asks the next question, which is what does it take for you to fall in love? She says that she needs a person to really show up for her. Like when she's having a hard time or when things aren't necessarily fun, it's important for her to see how her partner shows up in these moments and that's love to her. Steve says for him, it's more about feeling comfortable expressing it. If he's feeling it on the inside and there's a strong enough connection with the other person that he feels when he feels comfortable enough expressing it openly, that's the point when he knows he's in love. So that's when little Miss Panini and her pressed self <laughs> start to go in on him about whether he's ready or not to talk about love in relation to the two of them. Steve says that he's still working on it. They're building and they still need to uncover what's necessary in their marriage. She corrects him and says, no, you, not me. Because I already decided, like, you my boo for real, and we're going to be together forever. So you need to figure <laughs> your thing out. <laughs> and Steve says, well, he's when he's talking about we, it's as the collective, he's included in there. And, you know, again, she keeps pressing him about how he specifically feels. <laughs> he says that they're making their way. Then Noi, you know, says, cut the bullshit. She says that she's at a point in her life where she feels like she's in love or falling in love with someone. She's not going to wait to tell the person how she, you know, really feels because they don't have time to waste, especially not now. So you need to get with the program, Steve. You need to get on the bus or get off. It's like she's offended he doesn't love her, but has yeah. loved these other five women he's known for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. And now she's his wife and he needs to love her immediately. <laughs> Hello. It's just really funny. In an ITM, she says that it's a little scary to think about the fact that he's so hesitant and so nervous to say that he loves her after only three weeks. And she doesn't know why he's so apprehensive because they've only known each other three weeks. She's been comfortable enough to say it and he's been comfortable enough to say it to other people. So she hopes he'll say it sooner than later. She's concerned if he keeps putting it off, he'll start doubting if he actually loves her. It goes back to them at dinner and she says that they've already made a big commitment to each other, right? And he says, yeah, we're married. That's as big as it can get. But, you know, we've already seen a couple in this group get divorced. So just because we're married doesn't mean it's going to work. We have to make it work. We have to actively put in the steps to make it work. Yes, they got married and that's a big important step, but there are a lot of other things that come into play as well. And, you know, as Steve is saying this noise, kind of looking at him like, whatever, dad. <laughs> so the next scene we have of them is Steve's date night for Noi. They're having a little 
picnic, you know, one charcuterie on the beach. Oh, I already Steve forgot says, about that. <laughs> I was like, what? They went on another date? Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Steve says that they've been together officially three weeks as of one hour ago. And Noise says, that makes this our one month anniversary. And Steve says, no, <laughs> it's three weeks because a month has four weeks, stupid. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. So like one more week. Okay. <laughs> and like, as he's talking, he's opening the champagne and the cork like flies out of the bottle on its own, which is why they tell you to make sure when you're opening champagne, don't point the bottle at your own face or someone else's face (laughs) because the pressure could push the cork out. I feel like as a 38 year old man, he should know this, but okay. Yeah. Especially when you're like jostling the bottle around and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And if it was a cold bottle of champagne and now you're outside where it's warm, the temperature, there's factors. Mm-hmm. Steve, you need to drink champagne more, learn these things. So they both like crack up laughing after like the bottle explodes everywhere. And Steve says that he's glad that she's safe because he almost hit her in the brain and he gives her a little <laughs> forehead kiss. Uh, she says, thank you for setting up the Oceanside picnic because it's so cute. <laughs> She asked him if he still likes being married, and he says, yeah, it's going pretty good so far. Then he asks her what her favorite memory of being married is. She says the honeymoon was obviously fun. She really liked their waterfall excursion, and also that the wedding is one of her favorite memories because that's when she met him and all of his family. So that's going to hold a like special place in her little heart. Then he asked uh, what her favorite thing has been since being home. And she says, seeing him every day. She's so used to being by herself and enjoying time by herself that even in past relationships, she would, you know, sometimes need a break and want to have a full day to herself. (laughs) But in this relationship, she hasn't felt that way. And that's a good sign. In an ITM, Noi says that she believes Steve sees her on a soul level. She says that even with some things that he might not understand, like how she handles different situations and through him trying to navigate those, he still sees her. She's comfortable around him and his presence makes her feel at ease. Back at the beach, she asks him what his favorite parts were. And he says his favorite part during the wedding was dancing. You know, at that point, you don't have to think, you just move and groove. (laughs) And he says that uh, seeing her dance too made him feel like they could just really enjoy the moment for what it was he said as far as the honeymoon he really liked the uh, waterfall as well it was funny with the fish biting his little toes (laughs) he says another thing that he remembers from the honeymoon is that their first picnic was on day three and he wasn't ready to verbalize it but now he's bringing it back to this picnic on week three he is Finally ready to let her know. Noi, I love you. Oh, He did it. He said it. And of course, she's like ecstatic because she was so pressed. <laughs> she really she, was. She plants a big old kiss on him and she says, I love you too, but I think I already told you first. <laughs> and Steve says, well... She didn't officially say it, so this one counts as official. 
she's done things and hinted towards it, but she hasn't directly said it to him. So now they're officially official in love. So in a voiceover, Noi says that it's such a relief that he finally said it. (laughs) It means a lot to her that he tried to recreate the moment from the honeymoon because he knew that she was disappointed he didn't say it back then. Uh, Then we see them back on the beach. They're all hugged up together. And Steve says how nice it is to be able to say that he loves her. And she says, I love you too. And then they just laugh and kiss. And then the rainbows and then puppies fall from the sky. And then (laughs) it's just all roses and champagne and hearts and unicorns. They're funny. They're so cute. So cute. Yeah, they're going to be our black couple for the for mm-hmm. the season they're just Definitely. gonna sit back and watch everybody else fight and be like mm-hmm. we fine we good which good for them i wouldn't i'd want to be that couple <laughs> you know we said it about uh vincent and brianna you know how yep. they never put their business out in front of everybody else and they made it to then they're still going strong and i feel yep. like that's noy and steve i agree i think they're gonna be in it to win it oh show all right how about let's get some highlights from that group scene it was kind of funny (laughs) all right who do you want to talk about first the guys or the ladies let's just get the guys over with all right so you know what i'm gonna say (laughs) so all the guys are getting you know suited up at this place called archery games boston now i was like what the hell are they doing because they're like putting on face masks and stuff like paintball I'm like, it says archery. <laughs> so instead of like shooting arrows at a target, they're, it's like full contact <laughs> archery where they're trying to take each other out. It looks fun to me. Uh, it looks like it could hurt. I don't want to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, we see a montage of them playing. Uh, we see Mark full out shoot Olajuwon in the calf so hard that it knocks his feet out from under him and he falls. <laughs> Uh, we get a voiceover mark saying that he loves this outing with the guys. It's not like he doesn't want to be with Lindsay 24-7, 365, but it's nice to have a breather and, you know, take some time away with the guys. <laughs> Apparently, he's kicking everybody's ass at this archery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael looks pretty agile on the court or field or whatever it's called. <laughs> he's ducking and diving. He's hitting the squats. I that. Yeah. Uh, Steve does get him, though, in the ribs one good time. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. So after this session, the guys all sit down with some food and Steve starts talking and he asks how things are going at home. Mark answers first and says that this is more work than he thought it was going to (laughs) be. He came into this thinking he could get to know anyone pretty fast, but it's a lot of work to figure out personalities he's not used to and where emotions are coming from. Just trying to understand someone's where someone's feelings are in the moment if they're not connected like that. Like, what's happening? Where's this coming yeah. from? Elijah says that in his relationship, it's tough for him to even be there because he feels like he has to baby his wife. Michael asks what the problem is. Is it a level of effort that isn't the same or what? Uh, Elajuan kind of mumbles around a little bit and says, yeah, it's an effort thing. It's also just basic life skills. For example, going to sleep in a house that's quote unquote dirty isn't an option. And he's not always going to be around to guide Katina. 
He says that he works overnight sometimes. He works during the day. Um, I guess for now, she's like, like I said earlier, I think she's on leave from work. So she's at home. But what's going to happen? He says, what's going to happen when she has to start working back downtown and have to commute every day? Oh, so I guess she could be working from home, too. But he made yeah. it seem like she's not doing anything at home. Like yeah. she's just sitting around all day. That's why I think she's working from home. Now, see, that's why I thought she was on leave. No, that's why I thought she was working on from home because he thinks that because she's working from home, she should also be working, one, but doing the laundry, meal prep, and all that other bullshit. Like, no, she's actually working. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, so what's going to happen when you have to start commuting? How and when is he going to have support for his wife? He tells the guys he has a lot of feelings for Katina, and that's why he's so irritated. Why can't she just act right? He says if he was in a different situation, he would walk and not even be bothered. He says that he's having a really tough time, and he's trying to learn to have more patience, but time isn't on their side. He says he hasn't seen any difference after Pastor Cal's visit. Yeah, that's because Pastor Cal didn't have feedback for her. She had feedback for you. (laughs) Then we see Michael in an ITM saying that it sucks that Olajuwon feels like the effort isn't being reciprocated and that he feels defeated so early on. He hopes they they can get through this because he can see, you know, the pain and the emotion on Olajuwon's face. They're only getting half a story, though. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We go back to the guys at the table and Michael is telling Olajuwon that he's worried that he's not telling her these things that are bothering him and it's going to start bottling, he's going to start bottling it up and it's going to explode. Olajuwon says that it's, again, really tough and he doesn't know if he has <laughs> to break or tear for her to understand that he's beat. Now, my closed captioning said break a chair, but it, well, I don't think that's, that's what I heard, break a chair. Like, get her attention by being violent, basically. I went back to listen to it a few times, and I think he says break or tear. Mm. But let's also not, let's not do any of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mark asked him if he thinks they can move past this, and he keeps saying again, it's tough. So they table that, and Mark asks the other guys what's going on with them. Michael says that him and Jasmina are still having communication issues, but now there's a new problem. They're trying to connect on a deeper level past just the surface. They're both trying to be vulnerable so they can get to those next level conversations and be more comfortable with each other. Steve chimes in and brings up his fight with Noi the other day. He tells them about Noodlegate. Their one fight. (laughs) About pasta. (laughs) And he says... At the end, they wound, they ended up uh, hashing it out, just letting each other know how they feel. It wasn't until he told her how much it hurt him for her to leave and, you know, have him out there hanging, basically ghosting him for it to click for her. He had to share that pain with her in order for her to understand that's vulnerability. So then Michael kind of wraps it up and says that even though they're all going through conflicts, it's still positive because if everyone was coming in saying, you know, they're so like drunk in love, it would be unrealistic. They'd be in for a rude awakening. But since they're all yeah. having struggles, it means that they're all taking it seriously. They're trying to get their what get to know their wives. They just have to, you know, work through it to get to the other side. 
Mark says that marriage is difficult, but it depends on how bad you want it to work. As long as you're honest with your partner, if you want it to work, it has potential and opportunity. So that's what the guys had to say. Nothing too insightful there. The ladies are getting together to have some treatments. We see Jasmina and Katina arrive first. They're welcome to the salon. Again, we've got charcuterie and some champagne for the pain, as Katina says. <laughs> Poor Katina. For real. She, girl, girl, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get a clip of Lindsay in the car on the way to the salon where she says that all the girls are gathering to get their claws sharpened in a small room. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) And then she gives a fear laugh, as she says. (laughs) They cut back to the salon where Jasmina asks Katina if she's talked to anybody else in the group. And Katina says that Noi DMs her every once in a while. And obviously she doesn't talk to Lindsay. (laughs) In an ITM, Katina says she doesn't have any issues with Lindsay. She came into this knowing that she couldn't let anybody control her emotions or her actions. She wants to be the kind woman that she knows she is in her heart and soul and just override her triggers. Overall, she's excited to get with the other girls and see how everybody's doing. So then it goes back to the salon. We see Noi enter, who's all hugs and excited. And then we see Lindsay mosey on in last. Hey, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once they all settle down, Katina asks the group how everybody's getting along with their husbands in the real world. Noi says that they're trying to get to know each other as much fun as they had on the honeymoon. It's now like, okay, I'm with this person 24-7 and it's getting real. She thinks that some of their quirks are getting to one another. Uh, Lindsay brings up a social media post that Noi put up the other day because she said it hit home for her. It was to the effect that when you marry somebody, you're marrying their trauma, their inner child, and their belief system. Noi says that's something important to recognize. They're all still learning about their partners. They may not necessarily get it right the first time, but when you step back and look at it, yes, we're married. We've made this commitment, but we don't really know each other. It's going to take time. And Lindsay chimes in and hopes that the guys are having the same kind of uh, perspective. Noi, stop posting on social media. Yeah, I was just going to at first I thought they were referencing the Noodlegate post. And then she, you know, went on and explained what post it was. And I was like, yeah, didn't he say stop putting your business out on social media? Thanks. And she said, send. (laughs) Story. Oh, God. Just wait till her (laughs) IG gets public. Oh, my God. So Lindsay goes on to talk about her and Mark. Uh, She says that they're in sync on so many things, but... When it gets off track, it's like, what the hell happened? Lindsay said that week three is the challenge. The first week you're dealing with the wedding, then you're in the honeymoon, and by week three, you're getting into real life. She says, uh, she asks if the other couples are growing or fading away from intimacy now that they're in the real world. Katina says that she feels like the light is flickering on and off because it's been so up and down the last 48 hours. Lajuan is looking for someone to give him the same energy back verbally and show certain actions. She says him constantly calling out 
things that she's already thinking about herself in her head is like someone holding a mirror to her face. She says that he's expressed feelings to her several times in different ways. So at first, maybe it wasn't resonating the way he wanted it to, or she wasn't changing as swiftly as he wanted her to. The last couple of days have been eye-opening for her. You need to open your eyes wider, baby, because... This is you shouldn't be changing for your partner. You can evolve into something, but changing to suit his needs is a whole nother ballgame. Yeah. Next, Jasmina starts to talk about the communication issues with her and Michael. She says that hopefully moving forward, they can start to have more open, vulnerable, honest conversations and that eventually they'll get to the place that they should be. Right now, she doesn't feel intimacy or have a spark for someone because they're, or for him rather, because they're not really talking. Um, In an ITM, Jasmina says that she's a hopeful person. If she didn't have hope, she would just be in her head thinking negatively. So nothing would be accomplished if she had it in her mind that he won't change. And hopefully, if he sees that she still has some hope, it'll get him to try harder to, you know. Keep yeah. the relationship going. Then Noi tells the girls about an aha moment she had with Steve. She was explaining Noodlegate to them in the conversation that her and Steve had after. And she said that Steve, when he was talking, was so upset to the point that his voice was cracking. And in that moment, she had the realization that he loves her. Even though he hadn't said it at that point, she could feel it. It was the fact that Steve was so devastated by her silence (laughs) that he realized he really cares for her and has feelings. So she let him know that she didn't want to be responsible for hurting him that way ever again. And she says it was a really eye-opening moment for her. They really affect each other by what they do. And she saw... It was more than she realized. She didn't think, I guess she thought leaving her husband wasn't going to, he was, it was going to roll off his back. And this must've been a whole nother conversation that we didn't see. Yeah. Because she just looked pissed off the whole time he was talking with her the last time we saw her. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a behind the scenes combo. Yeah. She says that her and Steve had a strong connection from the beginning and that that fight was just a test of that connection. Like, how do you feel about the other person even when something hard is going on? She saw in that moment that he's not going to give up on her. And that's when Lindsay says that's how you build intimacy. And then she goes on to talk about her and Mark. She says that they'll grow in their intimacy when they connect with communication better, just like everybody else. Lindsay says that it's obvious to her how they can learn from each other. She says when she's listening to the other ladies, the other ladies talk about their partners, she can recognize her and Mark, uh, their flaws and their struggles in those conversations. They're all going through the same thing. And that's when Katina says, so this is normal. And they (laughs) all kind of start laughing. They're like, yeah, like we're all going through the same issues. So this is what marriage looks like. Sure. So yeah, that's the conclusion (laughs) they come to. All right. That's the episode. That's the episode. Yeah. Uh, Just a few highlights from After Party. Noi and Steve are fine. They're cute. They're in love. 
Everybody loves that they're in love. It's very mushy gushy. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay says their honeymoon is officially over and that uh, it's a lot. And then she does Mark face, which is really funny. I was like, damn, uh, do you have to, why you got to do him like that? Damn. I think they, it could be wrong, but I think they did do a side-by-side -side with the yes, doing they Mark did. Face. They did, right? Yes. <laughs> I didn't make that up. No, that was real. Then, <laughs> um, one interesting thing is that Keisha asked about the bowling alley um, incident and afterwards and whether she, uh, whether she, Lindsay thought that maybe she, what was she wrong in the situation um, or, you know, anything to that nature. And Lindsay doubles down. She says that there are two versions of Mark and he has this inflated outlook on himself and it's not accurate. And what she could have done differently was that she could have spoke slower and had a better tone and that she needs to work on her delivery. But she then she went into this whole tirade about how Mark says he is things that he isn't, like he speaks fluent Italian, but he doesn't, he took Italian in high school and that just doesn't count. And he even put that he's fluent in Italian on his LinkedIn page. So she called him out on that. And then they continue with Lindsay and her storyline. Um, they bring up the sushi scene and how it was like really cute. And when they're watching it, Lindsay even starts crying during it. And she says that these are the moments she appreciates Mark the most. And this particular moment, he validated her feelings and he had never done that before. And it was the first time he had apologized for not treating her right. So that's why she was so emotional. It seemed fake they, to me. You think so? Yeah, like she was more emotional on after party than she was in the damn moment. That's true. Yeah. Well, you can say the same thing about Jasmina. She does the same thing. She starts crying. But she watches the. That's different. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, they have a bonus scene of Mark trying sake for the first time. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> and um, Keisha asks what the guys, you know, do for them to show that them show them that they are special. Noi pipes up right away and she says that Steve um, brings her bubble tea just randomly in the middle of the day. Uh, Michael brings Jasmina flowers and hot Cheetos, which is really funny. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, what? Uh, oh, here was a good one. What do the guys do different now? Steve puts the toilet seat down now. Hallelujah. And Michael now watches some TV. To the point where Jasmina cannot move on to the next episode until uh, they're together, which is really funny. <laughs> Drastic difference from not watching anything. True. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, they talk about Noi's scavenger hunt. Okay, so it played out really quickly on TV. And she thought it would take him like 30 minutes to do. It took Steve two hours to figure out these really simple riddles. Like, What? <laughs> why <laughs> maybe there was more clues than we saw i don't know i don't i hope so because this guy doesn't seem so smart now <laughs> just wandering around the park <laughs> yeah uh keisha asked how they celebrated after steve said i love you and to noi just said yeah they celebrated wink wink 
Which she's been trying to get from honeymoon. Yup. Oh, one thing she did say that she was planning this scavenger hunt for a few weeks. Yeah, I caught that. A few weeks? You've only, been, only married been married three. a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, so what's up with that? Hmm. Keisha asks what their lives are like when the cameras go home, like their nighttime routine. Of course, Lindsay calls out Mark again, says she just goes to bed. And Mark stays up and eats a bag or two of goldfish and pets the cat until he, until he it's time for him to go to bed. Chloe's going to steal Noy her and man. Steve, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Noy and Steve just talk for hours and hours before they go to bed. Three or four hours. What? Must be nice when you don't have a job. <laughs> be like, shut up. I'm trying to go to sleep. I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, uh, Keisha tries to come at Jasmina a little bit about the picnic argument and how Mike was just trying to ask her how to communicate. But Jasmina doubles down on this too. She's like, I don't like his tone. And so she's just not going to have it. If he has a tone with her, he's done. She's done with it. Which, okay. Uh, they bring up Michael's scene uh, with about his brother, and and everyone is in tears after watching the scene, of course. And it's at this point, like I had mentioned, that Jasmina said that she was just trying to keep it together. And then they see the scene with Katina and Olajuwon, and everybody's pissed. <laughs> everybody's pissed. Um, Jasmina says that she doesn't want people to think that Katina's just quiet like she's weak or something like that because Mm -hmm. she's not she's just quiet so that the conversation can be over and she's been in worse situations than that one with elijah one uh lindsay they have a little kind of back and forth with this lindsay says well she's just because she has been in situations worse than that doesn't mean she deserves to be in that situation currently and just means says i didn't say that so they have a skirmish there Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) Keisha says, a woman's worth is not wrapped up in cooking and cleaning. Amen. Shout out to Helene. That's about it. There's nothing really. Those were the highlights. Yeah. Those were the highlights. And that's the show. Thank you so much for sticking with us as we covered Married at First Sight season 14. We're having a good time so far. It's a pretty good season. Not going to lie. Um, anything you're looking forward to for next episode? Next week we get every day. And, they are. And, and, and. They are. What's with I'm, the bondage gear? Whose right? idea was that? <laughs> Just shock value. Dr. Viviana. <laughs> I am looking forward to her. Uh, hoping. Hoping. I'm hoping. She rips into Olajuwon about his archaic views, but we'll see. Katina, whip Olajuwon's ass with that cry. Hell yeah. Let it rip. For real. (laughs) Well, you can continue the conversation with us on social media. On Instagram, we are the Cheese McQueens podcast. And on Twitter, we are Cheese McQueens. Uh, If you have any cheese men to give us just hit us up with the dm we would be happy to take it and keep you anonymous 
And uh, yeah, that's the show. Uh, anything else, Igby? That's it for me. All right. Bye. See ya. Thank you.